your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 477 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and the Senators are embarking on a difficult three-game road trip that starts tonight against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. And lots of games ahead for the Senators. Ross says the new schedule has been announced. The NHL has found spots for all 12 postponed games for the Senators and 50 games in 99 days is going to be a grind for the players and for us fans. It sure will be. And talking about a grind, lots of action across all major junior and college platforms tomorrow. So we'll touch base on some of the Sens prospects who haven't played in a little while. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, January 20th and Pilsy. I gotta be honest, man. The Pittsburgh Penguins are my most hated team in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, right up there with the Leafs, definitely. Uh, but the Penguins, those are the most recent playoff uh, scars, especially we don't have to talk about the Chris Kunitz goal, obviously, but that one is still fresh for me, even though it's been, what, five years now? That was a tough one to uh, to watch live. But I think uh, this Pittsburgh Penguins team, as long as they have Malkin, Crosby, and Latang, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And as long as they have those guys, they will not be in a rebuilding mode. Like, you can always count them in to be pushing for the playoffs and beyond because those guys are absolutely legendary. And now that Malkin is back, this Pittsburgh team is really, really roaring and ready to go here. How many guys are still on that team from 2017? Well, those three, uh, Dumoulin, Ruedel, those are the ones that Brian, are, well, Rust. Brian Rust, Dion Phaneuf uh, definitely uh, made yep. an impression on Brian Rust. Uh, Jake Gensel was there, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so a decent, like, this is a core that's still pretty well intact here. So they don't need to change much. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, even their coach is still there, which is rare these days for a coach to last that long. And they are on an absolute heater right now. So for the Ottawa Senators, they're going into hostile territory. The Pittsburgh Penguins have 13 wins in their last 15 games. 13 and 2. So what do you think the Senators need to do on in a situation here where the Sens have canceled their morning skate, so we won't get a better idea than we had yesterday of what the line combinations will be. We'll pull that up a little later on, but what's the mentality here going into such a difficult situation? Yeah, it's going to be tough, that's for sure. And Ross, um, Pittsburgh's last game was on the road against Vegas, so tough, tough uh, place to perform. And they were down 3 nothing. They score five straight unanswered goals, and they end up winning that game 5-3. Up against Vegas on the road. And with Robin Leonard and Nett, like there's no like no kind of easy easy way to do that. So this is a team that 
doesn't give up and they have the depth that they can make sure they can make those kind of comebacks. Like all four of those lines are solid. Do you know what I'm going to do here as uh, maybe not a key to victory, but you always hear about it. The first game back after a long road trip, it's tough to get your legs going for that. They were just on the road for six games from Philly to Dallas. Then they did the California swing. And then you mentioned ending off in Vegas and then they're going to Columbus to play tomorrow. So this is the first of a back-to-back situation. Nobody's schedule is easy. We'll tell you how difficult the Sens one is coming up. But I think this could be a trap game for Pittsburgh. So Ottawa has to come out of the gate here humming, get early pressure, get an early lead, and then try to will it home. Because when Ottawa beat Pittsburgh earlier this year, tonight's the second of three matchups. It was a 6-3 victory. Philip Gustafson was in net, Drake Batherson. That was the one game he came back for. He's held out yeah. precautionary. Came back at three points, I believe, if not four, and then was put on the COVID protocol list. That was when Ottawa was really ravaged by that. But so was Pittsburgh in terms of injuries. No Crosby, no Malkin in that game. Both of those stars will be back for tonight's matchup. So that's what I'm I'm banking on here, Pillsy, is a trap game for the Penguins. Yeah, well, if we're going uh, keys to victory, then I'll I'll take mine and. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they don't allow a lot of shots per game. They're under 30 shots per game against. So what you need to do, especially if the Sens end up with Tristan uh, Yari, it'll be interesting with, like you mentioned, the back-to-back situation, which goalie they're going to use on which night here. Um, But the key is they just need to get shots on net. Like This is a kind of opponent where you're not going to out-talent them. They have so much more talent, so much more experience. The veteran leadership on this team is well beyond what the Senators have. So you're just going to have to grind and hope to get those lucky bounces. Like they're going to have to play Buffalo Sabres hockey up against (laughs) the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know what I mean? Like that's the way they're going to end up winning this game. And for uh, Vegas, the goals that they were able to get past Jari, just simple point shots that are deflected, quick shots on net that squeeze through, like no highlight reel plays or anything, just Try to get as many pucks on net as possible. Basically, if the Senators can get over 30 shots, that's a pretty good feat up against this team. So I want just shots on net. Josh Norris, shoot first mentality from everyone tonight. Everyone had so much fun picking on Tristan Jari years ago, especially in the bubble. He was terrible. This guy's got a 928 save percentage. One of the best goaltending stories in the league all season. But I have a feeling we're going to see Casey Smith on the other hand. You know, the sense. Well, it's interesting, though, because Columbus is the other team, right? So it's not like you're going up against a rebuilding team and a contender. So it's obvious where you use the backup. So I don't know what strategy they're going to go with here. We'll see. One thing I do know is that the over has hit in six of the last seven matchups between these two teams going back to before the pandemic. So if you're looking at a little sprinkle at betonline.ag, may I recommend the over in tonight's game. The Sens are going to be hungry as well after only scoring one goal against the Buffalo Sabres that had to leave a sour taste in their mouth. Here's how we expect the Senators to line up. This was their practice lines yesterday. Norris, Kachuk, Batherson, nothing changes there. However, Stutzla and Formanton have a new line mate. Zach Sanford getting a chance to play with those two. And Nick Paul slides down into a third line role with Dylan Gambrell and Austin Watson. The fourth line, was in flux. We know Tierney and we know Adam Gaudette were there, but we had conflicting reports, whether it was Clark Bishop, whether it was Logan Shaw. What we do know is that it looks like Tyler Ennis is the odd man out. On defense, 
Shabbat with JBD as soon as JBD gets recalled from the taxi squad. That's a story we touched on in yesterday's Locked On Senators. And then we got Nick Holden back after maintenance day. He's paired with Artem Zub and then Eric Branstrom with Josh Brown. Now, don't get too caught up with Eric Branstrom being on the third pair here. Played over 20 minutes when he was supposed to be in that same spot against the Sabres. Played a lot in the third period with Thomas Shabbat. Are you hoping to see more of that tonight? I would like to see a, a sprinkle of it. You know, I don't think they should be full-time partners just because we often talk about it, Ross, the yin and the yang there don't really work. That's two puck-moving skating defensemen there. So I don't think you'd want to see them full-time together. But near the end of a game, if, like in Buffalo, you're really pushing for some offense, you need a goal, sure, get some offensive-minded defensemen together and try to get something going. I like that. So I, I do want to see JBD with Shabbat more because – that's the long-term play, right? That's the guy who you're like, wow, he could really make a lot of sense as Shabbat's partner on the right side there. So I wouldn't mind seeing more of that just to get them more acclimated together. But man, Branny's had some good games. So if he gets bounced up this lineup uh, midway through the game, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. In goal, we're not sure whether it's going to be Anton Forsberg or Philip Gustafson. I mentioned Gus got the win against the team that drafted him, yep. the Pittsburgh Penguins, way back in early to mid no middle of november it's actually their only win in the month of november when they went one yeah true 10 and one holy does that feel like forever ago but gus did get two starts in down in belleville although even the win he let in five goals like this is classic philip gustafson much better at the nhl level than the ahl he let in three goals in the first game against toronto and then five goals against Rochester do you get him into the net tonight or do you go back to Forsberg after he was one of my standouts against Buffalo I thought he played well yeah definitely Forsberg deserves another start but I think you get Gustafson in here just for what I've been saying all year long you gotta get this guy in games like once again he's kind of the the victim or like he's the guy that draws the short straw when it comes to injury time because we thought all right Murray's back He's playing confident. He's going to be in the NHL. Murray-Forsberg tandem, get Gus as a starter in Belleville. Well, that didn't last long. And now he comes up and he hasn't played. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Philip Gustafson in a Penguins jersey. If you're watching on YouTube, good looking dude there. And um, I just think, hey, last time he played up against the Penguins, he got the W. And I, I feel like for goalies, especially like those kind of like emotional revenge games, Use that to your advantage. Like, there's got to be a chip on his shoulder there, and he's going to play with a bit of an edge there. So why not give him this chance to stick it to his old team? It's certainly a good opportunity if he can, right? And uh, I, this then and now is killing me. This is from Tumblr. I got to pull this one up as well. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's why you watch on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. It does go a long way. You think he's seen some stuff since he moved the Sens organization? <laughs> the Sens age you. That is that is uh, clear here. But I mean, that's is that this year's photo or is that the fishbowl no, lens? That's one? the fishbowl. Yeah, so that's not really fair fish for anyone. Not, not making anybody look or the fisheye, I guess. Not the fisheye. Fish yeah. yeah. Although it looks like you are in a fishbowl <laughs> when you're in it. It is absolutely revolting. We got more to break down coming up for this game. In between, we're going to touch on the new schedule. That's out, including 15 repurposed games for the Ottawa Senators. Before we get to that, though, a word from our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the only sportsbook we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And 
it's a new betting year. And with that comes great opportunity. The NFL playoffs are well underway. Always fun to sprinkle a little bit on there. I told you the over tonight, Pittsburgh and Ottawa. I'm going to be all over that. I might have a levy lock at the end of the show, but right now I just want to tell you that when you go to betonline.ag, use our promo code locked on and you get 50% of whatever you put in, poof, right added into your account. Put in $100, bingo, bango, bongo, right there, 50 free, free play dollars in your account. You put in 200, you get $100. You get the drift. It's all at betonline.ag. So go there right now, create a free account, and use promo code locked on. For a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Pilsy. So the Ottawa Senators know their schedule now for the rest of the year, and it is busy. 50 games in 99 days to close out the season. A marathon, yeah. but you're sprinting every other night. Less than that. We've got 10 back-to-back situations. We've got, oh my goodness, they've got a, a road trip all the way out to Seattle just to play two quick games in two days. What was your initial impression when you're trying to sort through all these games moving around? Well, my initial impression, Ross, is the very first thing I thought of, and you mentioned it to me, is that game up against the Jets was rescheduled for late March, which, hey, let's be honest. Going to Winnipeg anytime, uh, January, February, even early March is not ideal. So late March is a little more enticing for me to make my way over there for that game. So I was stoked about that. And I mean, thank goodness uh, it worked out the way it did with the Olympics, right? Like imagine NHL players were still going to the Olympics and those couple weeks in February weren't available to be rescheduled. Like this would be an absolute more of a gong show than it already was. So actually quick stick taps to the schedule maker, like or schedule makers. There's they can't just be one guy. There's no way because <laughs> they, they earned their salary twofold this year because to have to maneuver and to squeeze all these games in. And it was so crazy Ross that they had to reschedule games that weren't affected by COVID. Like some games were scheduled but to make all the COVID games work they had to move those as well so even more work on top of that so I'm glad the NHL figured it out I'm glad we finally know when these games are going to get played and this is going to be a wild time like Ross we we worked hard to get content five days a week when the Sens didn't play for weeks at a time and now we won't be complaining about that for quite a while the postcast will be on It'll fire. Be fire, yeah. And that's why you have to subscribe to the Locked On Senators YouTube channel because we go live after each and every Ottawa Senators game. I'm sure there's going to be a work conflict eventually, but I've checked through the next like month and the timing works out immaculately. So credit Beautiful. to the schedule makers. And you mentioned it gets cold. Dude, it's cold in Ottawa in February as well. And the Senators have nine home games in February. And without further ado, let's pull up the schedule here in February. So initially, that Islanders game on the road on the February 1st was there, as was the 26th yep. at home against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, you might wonder, why is there no games from the 2nd to the 6th? That's because the NHL All-Star game is that weekend. The game's on the 5th, skills competition on the 4th, and then travel home on the 6th to begin the busiest stretch of hockey I think any of these guys will ever see because they've got three back-to-backs 
and they play 10 games in 16 days. That is absolutely That's unheard insane. of. Yeah. And the worst part is, Ross, like, man, it's tough to do this when you're a healthy team. Like, the Senators are still going to have injury problems at that point. Like, Colin White, Shane Pinto are still going to be out. Connor, nah, Connor Brown will, yeah, no, Connor Brown will still be out as well. Like, uh, he, he'll probably join them during this stretch. Yeah, I mean, at least he can skate a little sooner, and I guess we'll probably get him out there with the fishbowl uh, yeah. helmet on a little sooner here. So I feel but, like he's, he's going to be a cage guy. Yeah, I don't you see think Connor so? Brown as a fishbowl guy. That's fair. That's fair. Well, we'll, we'll keep tabs on yeah, that. We'll see we how that goes. Um, but yeah, this this February stretch is absolutely wild. And another thing, speaking of health, like that's a period where hopefully Matt Murray is going to be all right because yeah. for Forsberg and Gustafson to have to go through that, that's going to be very very challenging. So the Devils at home. Then the second half of back-to-back against Carolina Hurricanes. Then the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then the Boston Bruins at 12.30 Eastern. We got two 12.30 Eastern starts on the same weekend. So a couple matinees there. And then the following Sunday, they've got a 5 p.m. start. So these uh, they did what they could. But this is a, a wild schedule. But at least there's two four-game homestands in it, which does help for sure. And then if we go to March here, you mentioned the Winnipeg game rescheduled for March 24th, and that pushed the actual March 24th game to the 22nd against the New York Islanders. So, again, they they only have three days off one more time, which is fine. They've had it too many times. But it's day on, day off, day on, yep. day off. So in March, uh, notable is a five-game road trip. They go through Florida again to Arizona to Vegas to St. Louis before coming home for a five-game homestand so they're at least they're flip-flopping they're not like on the road back home on the road back home they're at least going to get to play multiple games each location up until the 26th of march and then if we look at april april schedules a bit of everything here with more back-to-backs and that it's it's honestly the only problem i see for this is they play the leafs at home on a saturday then they're going all the way out west and then playing a back-to-back Seattle, Vancouver. That's a long way to travel there for three games in four nights. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and it's too bad uh, that that first Seattle trip didn't happen. But hey, if I'm the sense, going to Seattle in April is also a little bit nicer too. So that's all right. And this uh, this schedule is going to be very intense. Like, hope, like, I guess one silver lining is this is a young team. So these guys should be able to bounce back and have enough energy. And, um, you know, the cardio should still be there. Their legs should be all right. But whew, we, we'll probably never see an intense pack schedule like this ever again. Or let's hope not. So I brought this up in my quick video yesterday. Again, a little bonus content for our YouTube subscribers. But when do you think Jake Sanderson will make his NHL debut as we're looking at the schedule? Yeah, it's uh, this is the real interesting topic here. I mean, if he makes it to the final, it would be April 9th. So that's the latest. That's the absolute latest. The earliest would be a mid-March outing. Yeah, their last season game is March 5th, but then NCHC goes to the 13th. So yeah, I... I don't know how I feel about this, Ross. Actually, no, no, no. I do know how I feel about this. I I think it's better for Jake Sanderson to have a long run with North Dakota rather than come early to the NHL personally. Right. But you know, once he steps in the NHL, he's going to look like Paul Coffey. 
Oh, definitely. But like, <laughs> what's the rush? Like this guy's going to be a stud defenseman for a long time. So I would rather him get that success with North Dakota playing those meaningful games. And like for a rookie to be thrown into a jam packed schedule like this is not ideal either. And let's be honest. DJ Smith isn't going to just trot him out there every night and play him the way he should be played. He's going to shelter him. Nah, but remember so. what happened with JBD? They brought JBD this up. This ain't JBD. Yeah, yeah, that's, def- that's definitely fair. But I think DJ Smith still has those tendencies. And I think there's probably some some real smarts to that as fans were just like, give us all the players right now. But yeah. as a coach, you got to manage that and uh, you've got a better idea of where they're at. So I feel like that's fair. Personally, for me, I feel like it, it'd be more uh, beneficial for his development to have a deep playoff run with Nodak, hopefully win it all. Pierre Dorian loves winners. And um, then come and play a couple NHL games to finish off the season rather than get bounced early and then have, uh, what, maybe 10 more NHL games. I don't think, uh, sure, obviously more games are better, but he's going to be around a long time, guys. Let's uh, We don't need to, like... 10 or 15 games difference in his first quarter season, I don't think is going to have major effects in a long-term. One, one note though, is that the NHL trade deadline is March 21st. And you got to think you're hoping like last year to unload some of these veterans, maybe a Josh Brown, Nikita Zaitsev, what's going to happen with him? Who's trading for Josh Brown? Yeah. He's going to end up as an Edmonton Oiler. I'm convinced. Yeah, I think I did see somewhere on Twitter someone started that rumor. Well, the Edmonton Journal uh, started it because they said that his stat line was so immaculate when they played in Edmonton. I think he had one hit, was like even, and played 12 minutes. Imagine on the right side, your second pair has Cody Cece, then your bottom pair has Josh Brown. Oh, boy. Yeah, we lived it, dude. Not exactly that, but we lived it for a little while there uh, in Ottawa and it's a lot better though when it's in Edmonton and uh, you know, we can, we can be pissy about it ourselves, but man, I I think if he can join right after the trade deadline, I think that would be ideal play 15 games. He's going to burn a year, no matter what, like they're going to sign him after year. you know, they're going to burn a year. So try to play. You want him to burn a year. I think. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. There's two sides to that coin though. Some people will say, Oh, but then they have to get re-upped sooner. They reach free agency sooner. The other side is they're not going to have time to reach enough uh, enough milestones or enough potential. Exactly. Unlock enough potential before they get that second contract. Like, look, like Tim Stutzler's next contract is going to be fascinating. It's going to be a bridge deal. I, I'm i so convinced it's going to be a bridge. And if it's a bridge deal, it's not going to be a Rasmus Dahlin. I don't think you're paying him $6 million per. Nope. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, so, so. that'll be interesting for sure. And um, like for Sanderson, like... If the Sens were at a point where they were playoff contenders and like up against the cap, then burning a year becomes an issue because you want to maximize those entry-level contract uh, three-year windows when you have them. But that is not the case here. And it's Jake Sanderson. This could be, other than Carlson, the most impactful defenseman of this franchise. So like there's no there's no rush and like Either way, he's going to be a senator for a long time. So it doesn't move the needle too much either way, whether you burn a year or not. So That's so disrespectful to Anton Volchenkov, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> I'll let it slide. Um, what, one other note that I wanted to get into on that front was the injured players, most notably Shane Pinto and Colin White. I think this gives them an opportunity to probably get into about three or four more games each 
uh, with a couple of games like the Winnipeg uh, game in particular being moved to late March and then yep. a couple of games being moved to early April. So, hey, that's cool in itself because uh, Shane Pinto right now has played five games this year and he still only has one last goal than Cole Caulfield if you're counting <laughs> at home who's played a- about 30 games. And did you see the... This is uh, definitely not done on purpose, but Kent Hughes, uh, named GM for the Montreal Canadiens. He's Drake Batherson's former agent, as well as Nick Paul and Colin White. But he got hired from uh, the Habs, and they gave him a jersey with his name on the back with 22, because it's the year. But he stole Cole Caulfield's number, so a little disrespect going on in Montreal. Yeah, they, they, that's not one where they're like, ah, oh, we can't give him 22, it's already taken. They're like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, Pilsy. So we do have the schedule set. That's riveting radio, but it is exciting <laughs> because there is lots to, to break down for it in what's going to be a sprint to the finish line through the next three months. And we're going to be here every step of the way, Monday through Friday on the Locked On Senators podcast, free and available wherever you download your audio podcast. Or you can find us on YouTube where we'll pull up funny photos from now and again, and you can see us chat back and forth and we do appreciate the subscription there it goes a long way to help us as well pilsy i need help prognosticating this game coming (laughs) up tonight because it doesn't look good if i'm being honest now i tried to convince myself earlier in the show that it was a trap game for the penguins but i'm looking up and down their scoring leaders and like Sidney crosby you could say this guy is not at his best coming back late from injury and he still has 26 points in 26 games. I look at Brian Rust, who's only played 16 games and has 20 points. Jake Gensel has 20 goals in 32 games. And Chris Letang is back to the Chris Letang that everyone came to know and love when he's putting up near point per game stats as well. So Evgeny Malkin too, Ross, four games, four points. Jeez. And he's going to be in tonight? Yep. Wow. Who are you looking out for out of all those studs? perfect timing i'm looking out for evgeny malkin like this guy is i feel like he's kind of been forgotten about and he's always kind of been in sid's shadow but he really shouldn't be like if he's on any other team yeah he's a hall of famer for sure if he's on any other team he's their best player and he's the face of the franchise like for the size that he has like and i always think back to uh was it weidman or willannon that he fell on top of and weidman Oh my shattered god! Shattered his hamstring. That one always gives me shatter? nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know if you shatter can shatter a hamstring. A hamstring. <laughs> Ross Lavatan, not a doctor. Not a doctor. Um, but that always makes me think of just the sheer size that Malkin has, and he's such a smart player. It's so hard to get the puck off him. Like I mentioned, he only came back from injury a little while ago, but point per game pace already. And well, that's he's... below his career average. This guy's got eleven hundred yeah. points in nine hundred and forty games. Yeah, exactly. So a point per game is like, huh, is there problems with Malkin? Is he not? Yeah. Uh, is he still hurt? Um, but he's, and he's a sense killer. Like every time he plays this team, like it just seems like he ends up getting a bunch of points and he ends up impacting the game in a huge way. Like, like who do the sense have Ross that can go up against Malkin Brady? That's about it, right? Yeah, but even he, like, he's a winger, and defensively, I don't think he can. You just mean in terms of like being tough to play against. Yeah, like size and be able to like hang with him in the corners and offensively. Maybe like, Nick Paul. I give Nick Paul some credit. He's a big boy. Yeah, fair. So you got a couple guys that can handle him. That's about it. Like on defense, 
that's that's a tough assignment for Shabbat, JBD, any of those pairings. Like, really, I guess you probably hope Holden and Zuber out there when Malkin's out yeah. there. Yeah, but then who's covering and Crosby? Exactly. So that's just the issue here. And then we talked about it a little bit too. Uh, the goaltending has been superb. Well, for uh, Tristan Yari, at least, Casey Smith yeah. has been struggling a bit here. But so this is going to be a tough team. I, uh, I, I'm i looking out for Malkin just because he's always a sense killer in my eyes. 49 points in 40 career games yep. against the Ottawa Senators. And that is regular season. He's killed the Sens even more in the playoffs. In oh the playoffs. Like you, you look at uh, even the first series he ever played in was against the Ottawa Senators. The Senators won that series yep. in five games on their way to the Stanley Cup final. And he still had four points in five games. And then the next year when they swept Ottawa, he had seven points in four <laughs> games. And then uh, the next time they played Ottawa, he had eight points in five games. Then in 2017, he had, oh my God, 2013 was even worse. That was the year where James Neal absolutely dominated Ottawa. He had uh, five points in five games that series. And now if I go down to, yes, the one nobody wants to talk about, he had uh, three assists, four four assists, and two goals. So six points in that seven-game series. So yeah, he's just contributing. And he had that one goal. You talk about he's so hard to move off the puck where – he had Zach Smith in the corner. I think it was their lone goal in game six when Ottawa won that game because Pittsburgh went up one nothing, and then Ottawa came back and won that game. Mike Hoffman, uh, I'm liable to go, Michael, take your pick. Jackson Tyson? Hoffman. Game six. That was awesome back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he he just manhandled Zach Smith in the corner and then came out and just jammed it home. You're like, man. And, and Smitty's a big, tough guy. Exactly. Like, so when you're looking at what senators can hang with him, yeah, the answer is not a whole lot. Uh, for me, it's got to be Brian Ross because this guy's the latest of a long line of players where you're like, who are they? Are they? He's Chris Kunitz 2.0. Yeah. Oh, that's. I can't believe a, I just said that name yeah, on this podcast. I, I know. Yes. It's ridiculous. It kind of <laughs> caught me off guard there. But Brian Ross, since the start of 2019 2020, this is courtesy Cam Robinson on Twitter. He said. 118 points in 127 games like that that pace is absolutely wild now he's missed some time with injury this year missed almost a month and a half came back and had five points in his first game back then he had three points in the next game three points in the next game and he sits at 20 on the year in 16 games so i'm gonna be looking out for him although he should really have been looking out for Dion Phaneuf back in 2017 maybe one of the biggest hits i've ever seen yeah especially in a playoff game open ice like that yeah to double Dion because he also got, uh, I think it was Chad Ruwill. He had so no, Bobby got Chad Ruwill later in the series. But there's some big hits, man. I miss playoff hockey so, yeah. so much. But Brian Russ, he's got more points in the last three years than Nicholas Backstrom, Patrice Bergeron, Anze Kopitar, wow. Blake Wheeler, William Nylander, and Matthew Barzell. So I'm going to be looking out for him. And from the Senator standpoint, I'm going to be locked on to Josh Norris. We talk about how last year he had such good tests being in the Canadian division. Well, outside of McDavid and Matthews and even those two, Crosby's just a different kind of player. Like he is a grinder, but he's a superstar grinder. So can Josh Norris get his hands dirty and try to maintain, stop putting up too much space? Because when Sid gets space, it's game over for him. So I'm going to be locked on to Josh Norris. Didn't think he played his best against Buffalo. I'm excited to see what he's got tonight. 
Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, Josh Norris, any at any given moment, he can put up one, two goals. So that's what you love to see from him. I'm going to be locked on to Zach Sanford. Like, this is a guy I've been wanting more out of. Um, he's been getting opportunities. Like, he's on that first power play unit with um, uh, who, who's usually there. Why, why was he there again? He was playing on that first power play unit, though, right? Oh, that, that was when Brady was in the box for his fighting. Because right. the guy okay. got the instigator. Yeah, true. Okay. So, and, but, but I guess the main thing is he's bumped up to that second line. He's going to be playing with Formanton and Stutzla, and he's going to have a tough task here. Like, he basically has to be the defensively, uh, defensively responsible guy on that line, replacing Connor Brown's uh, position there. So, this is going to be a big task for him. I'm not expecting too much offensively, but we need to see something from him. So let's see him shut down some of those top players. Let's see him shut down a guy like Kasperi Kapanen, who's probably going to be his counterpart on that second line going up against him. So I, I want to see something from Zach Sanford, if not to increase his trade value because trade deadlines coming up here or try to give the sense some sort of reason to keep him around because he's kind of been ineffective recently. Another guy to keep an eye out from the Pittsburgh standpoint is Evan Rodriguez, who got 30 points in 38 games, kind of came out of nowhere uh, himself. So. But he got bumped down the lineup, so we'll see if he's able to kind of keep that pace because I think he essentially had Brian Russ's spot. Exactly. Well, yep. now he's playing with Jeff Carter as we pull up the Penguins' lines here. It's uh, Crosby, Gensel, and Russ. That is a tough line to contain. Yep. Are you hoping that Josh Norris goes head-to-head against that line? Because I am. I want yep. Put your best on best and let's see it go. And then you got the fun maritime connection here uh, with Drake Batherson. Maybe his first time playing against Sidney Crosby. I'm not sure. if No. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, true. He had a couple 20-game stints there before the pandemic. So I'm sure he got to pass, play there. Yeah. yeah, at least once. But, of course, training buddies in the offseason. The second line is Evgeny Malkin between Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen. The third line, Jeff Carter between Danton Heinen and Evan Rodriguez. And the fourth line, Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Jamie McGinn, a very workmanlike fourth line. And then on defense, Dumoulin, Latang, that's still a pair from 2017. Like they, they've been attached at the hip for years. The second unit is Marcus Pedersen with John Marino, and then Matheson and Ruwiel. Again, we're waiting on a starting goalie. You can check out Locked On Penguins for more news on that. Whereas for us, We'll tweet out at Send Central when we know what the Senators' goaltending situation is. Although DJ Smith has been pretty reluctant to give out that information of late, but he will be talking to the media in about two and a half hours, recording here uh, just after 9 a.m. on Thursday. Pillsy, on Friday, the Senators will have their full complement of prospects back in the lineup. There's been quite a pause here and then. You look at the extended pause for North Dakota. I hate bringing that up as well. But last weekend's series against Omaha was postponed. They've got Western Michigan on the road this upcoming weekend. So it'll be great to see the K-Train and Jake Sanderson get back into action. Uh, Ridley Gregg is in Regina taking on Connor Bedard. So I'm sure he'll take that matchup personally. So we'll see uh, what he's got. And then our boy Carson Latimer looking to continue his great stretch. I saw it was against Winnipeg. I got excited, but it is a home game for Prince Albert. And then finally, Zach Austin Chuck on the road as well against the Victoria Royals. Vancouver versus Victoria. Feel the excitement. A little Ooh. rivalry matchup there. The so fairy rivalry. I was, yeah. 
Not for the faint of heart, that one, for <laughs> sure. Um, so we mentioned all those guys, but I was building suspense because we still don't know if Tyler Boucher is making his 67th yeah. debut. Seems like he's dealing with a nagging injury, but I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat, Pilsy. I think they held him out of the lineup for a couple of weeks knowing there was so much media hype around him. Every fan was excited to see him, and he had just come off COVID. So we had heard that his skates in Belleville were pretty short. And that's fine. Coming back from his injury or COVID, whatever. Dorian said on Edmonton Radio he has a nagging injury. I would say maybe he does, but I think it's more likely they want to give him a real chance to integrate into the 67s, practice with them before throwing him into a game. The season, they're not going for the Mem Cup in, in an Ottawa with 67. So I think it's best to really slow and steady get him going, as much as I'd love to see him play right away. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this guy hasn't played a game in over a month now, right? Because he Easily got COVID right around uh, Christmas. So I think definitely you got to give him a bit of time to new environment, new team, new league, new country. Like everything is so fresh for him. So I don't blame them if they're slowly easing him into things here. Because the last thing you want to do if you're Sens management or even 67s is toss him into a game when he's not ready and he gets embarrassed and kind of loses confidence. So that's not what you want to do. And it it seems like the 67s are doing all right in this stretch without him here. They got a couple wins, right? So they're not in a rush to get him in here. Like you said, they're not really a mem cup contending team. So I think this is the right play as, as much as it pains me to not get to watch Tyler Boucher games, it'll come eventually. So they actually play tonight so out of all the prospects we mentioned tomorrow ottawa starts at three and three so by tomorrow on locked on centers we'll give you an update if we know anything uh with tyler boucher but the six sevens do have 31 games left so not like you're looking to get them in for the last five games (laughs) here they've got quite a stretch coming up where you'll get to see boucher play in what i think is the perfect environment for him to develop into a pro hockey player okay uh, anything else before we go, Pilsy? It's a Senators game day. A reminder, the postcast goes live tonight right after the Sens game. And I want a win, but I think my prediction is 5-2 for the Penguins. Ooh, sheesh. I don't uh, like it, but I'm trying to be realistic here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll... I'll go. I'll go four two. I think. I think the Penguins will get a lead here, but hopefully, it's uh, it's not too bad. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. A couple positive guys going into <laughs> a difficult stretch here. Ottawa on a three-game road trip. Pittsburgh tonight, and then a back-to-back. Washington and Columbus. It's going to be tough, but this is what resilient groups uh, are able to overcome. And can the Senators get in the win column? I hope everyone is in the chat tonight on the postcast telling us to eat our words as we're celebrating a victory. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast. We do very much appreciate it. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.